Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to your favorite podcast, Get a Bucket. I'm your host, Trey. I hope you guys had a wonderful Labor Day. I did. I just hung out with some friends, relaxed, had a good time. Um, Hope you guys got a little drink in, guys ate ate some good food, maybe played some spades. Hopefully, nobody reneged. I'm sure somebody somebody reneged. There, There always is. Like, my last three partners randomly just reneged for no reason. Assholes. Yeah, so there's a lot that's been going on in basketball, you know, a few feuds, a few jokes, you know, a few sad stories, too. Um, Let's go ahead and jump on right into them, shall we? All right, so quarter one, quarter one. I said a few feuds, quote unquote, right? Um, Kobe versus Shaq kind of came up. Now, I like it, you know, I I was team Kobe as all of y'all should know by now. Um, but long story short, Kobe went on a show and just pretty much said if Shaq had Kobe's work ethic, he would have been the greatest of all time. He also stated that Kobe has said this to Shaq. Like, it's not like he's going behind his back, you know. Who would Shaq be if he had your work ethic? He'd be the greatest of all time. If Shaq had your work ethic, he'd be the greatest of all greatest time. Of all time by sure. Uh, he'd be the first to tell you that, for sure. I mean, this guy was a, a force like I have never seen. I mean, it was crazy. You know, a guy at that size, generally guys at that size are a little timid and they don't want to be tall. They don't want to be big. Man, this dude was, he did not care. He was mean. He was nasty. He was competitive. He was vindictive. I mean, he was... Yeah, I wish he was in the gym. I would have had fucking 12 rings. We ain't be close. And, and let me ask you, let me ask you this question. And by the way, I'm not asking this question to create feud between you and him. You, you I don't open, care, you bro. Listen, me, I'm me and Shaq talk question. sit down all the time, and I say, dude, if your lazy ass is in shape. I hear you saying all the time, and he oh, I, I tell him all the time. I'm asking this question. I wouldn't say he's taking a shot at Shaq, but at the same time, he's... He's kind of taking a a shot at Shaq. Like I kind of get it, and I, I understand why Co- I understand why Shaq would say, "Well, if you pass the ball more, then you would have you know, twelve rings as well." So I get the back and forth, and it's kind of attack on Shaq's um, work ethic as well, calling him lazy, and he's a Hall of Famer. Like let's not question that at all. So, but to a degree, you know, Shaq was known for loving Big Macs and eating them before games and whatnot and practices. So it's like maybe if he did have a stronger work ethic, okay, maybe that would have aided to more championships or at least a longer career. So because Shaq, his health, like his, his, his weight was a was a concern for him. So and the reason why people are, are bringing up Zion is, you know, oh, his weight and his stature, Shaq was over 300 pounds and seven feet. So, Oh, that's still a lot of weight, ladies and gentlemen. Like that, no matter how you slice and dice it, that's still a lot of weight to cover to carry around. So, and to move at that speed and all, and 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 to play that many games, it, it, it takes a toll on your body. I really felt bad for Dwight Howard because <laughs> he's just an innocent bystander, bro. Like he just wanted to hoop, and like he got brought into the limelight yet again, and it's so hilarious. He just can't catch a break. He he can't like when he came to the Lakers in twenty twelve. Trash when when he left and went to Houston, 
trash. Like, he wasn't productive anymore. And then ever since then, he's just been bouncing around from team to team, trying to just trying to just hold on to his to his NBA championship aspirations. And it's it's kind of sad at this point because he still can't catch a break. Like he might be on Shaq and the Fool more now. He might not even be able to play quality minutes because of the depth that we have. Like he, him and Javale McGee shouldn't be on the floor at the same time for a long for a long time period. Like. So Dwight Howard is going to be underutilized. And on top of that, like, he has zero money back guaranteed on his contract until January 2020. And will only earn money when he plays the game. Like, that's kind of sad. That's kind of sad, dog. Like, we went from former MVP candidate, defensive player of the year, perennial all-star player, to now just this regular bum on the bench. No, I'm sorry, not bum. I don't want to say bum because he did put up quality like points. And he he put up quality stats, but it's you know his off the field antics kind of hurt his his stock a little bit. It's, it's a damn shame. It's really a damn shame. It just highlights how hard it is to play in L.A. You got to be a different type of person. You know, like not everyone's cut from that cloth. So if if you come to L.A., you got to be able to. Play and accept all the backlash and chaos and heckling that that comes your way. You gotta be a you gotta be a real one. I'm sorry. D12 was a little soft. That's even Kobe said it back in the day. Just just saying. Quarter two. So the USA first round observations. Okay. Um. U.S. team beat Turkey, you know, whoop, whoop. Let's give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the score was 93-92. to 92. It was a close one. Um, early on in the game, we actually, like, USA goes up, I believe, about 13. You know, it seemed like a comfortable lead. And then uh, Turkey just stormed back, like, and just made it close. They were actually up. Uh, the game went to overtime. Um, Turkey looked like they were actually about to win. And I'm just giving you the final seconds real quick. So, the ball, like, we, like, USA has the ball now. It's like four seconds left. And, you know, we're swinging and passing around, you know, getting good ball movement. And Jason Tatum is wide open on the right elbow of the, at the three-point line. And he's, like, about to shoot it, pump fakes because the defender's coming towards him. And then another defender jumps at him after, like, he, you know, he pump fakes one defender. And fouls him at the three-point line. Now, luckily for Turkey, Jason uh, Tatum missed. Uh, Jason Tatum missed the second free throw. However, very stupid on their part. He should have just jumped like towards him, but tried to like you know like tried to distract him. You don't ever try to like you don't ever try to foul a shooter at the end of the game. Like that was that 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 was dumb. I personally, I'll I'll end on that note. It'll be tough, but I would end on that note. So seriously. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good game. However, Jason Tatum did injure his ankle. I will say that. That does hurt. Uh, he couldn't put any pressure on it. So that is going to be something to note going forward. Um, will he play anymore? Because, you know, he does have to worry about his upcoming season. You know, they are a contender, quote-unquote. So should he play anymore after, you know, injuring himself? I know it's part of the game. You can injure yourself anywhere, but... He just injured himself 
should he play anymore? That's really something that he should sit up and think about. I I think you're this far. You might as well if you still can. If not, like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. If he is able to and decides not to play, like, not to play anymore, I'm okay with that as well. I get it. Um... You know, just coming like coming off of it, coming off of an injury, it's a psychological thing. Uh, it's sometimes hard to get back. Plus, like I said, you have a legit chance to contend and potentially win a championship, especially if the pieces, especially if the chips fall where they may or where they should for you. Like it's a possibility. So I say, thinking of the bigger picture, you know, you can the team can still win the gold without Jason Tatum. So he should be able to sit out as well. I will say Jalen Brown does need to step up though. Um, that 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 does need to happen. I'm not seeing as much development from him as I wanted to. Maybe he'll show more in a Boston Celtics system, but especially without Kyrie Irving. But I I do need to see more out of him. And I think his best role may be on on their team a a defender, an elite defender, because you already have Gordon Hayward. Jason Tatum, Kimba Walker, like, all of them need to score. Gordon doesn't need to score, but he can score and probably will get up a good amount of shots because he's on Brad Stevens' team, who is his college coach. So, just saying, Jalen's probably not going to outscore any of those players. Maybe Kimba later on in their career, um, but that's due to, you know, Kimba slowing down due to age, this, that, and the third, plus Kimba's shorter. So, eventually, that whole miniature all-star status that he has is probably going to diminish. But yeah, like that's that's going to be his best bet. So I need to see him do more to probably help his case to be able to try and score over Gordon Hayward. You know, try to do something at least. Help help yourself out. I would like to note too that Arison Ilyasova did drop 26 and 14. Um, shout out to you, big man. You know, a nice solid power forward who can space the floor. He's always been like a good quality player. Like I know personally in 2K, I utilized the hell out of him in my player. Um, he was a, a bucket and, and, and some change. Like didn't get a lot of the credit he really should deserve. I will say that. So. All right. So I'm trying something new, right? Just wanted to throw a little nice different element into the podcast. See how, See how it flows, right? I'm going to give a little halftime show. Just my own little tidbit where I can go on a nice little tangent and just kind of, you know, talk with you guys, kind of get your thoughts, you know, just show you guys get a little bit about me, get me a little more personal with you guys, right? So over the weekend, I was watching the uh, movie Good Boys. Um, I got to say, dude, it was a pretty damn good movie. Halfway got me sad. Like, I teared up a little bit. I'm joking. But... I really thought about it, and, like, back in the day, you know, you really have, like, your friends that you're supposed to be cool with. I know, like, back in the day, I was, like, really cool with um, these two guys named John and Justin, and you think growing up, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, these are going to be your best friends, da-da-da-da-da, and then, like, you know, Justin moves, I shortly move afterwards, you know, you lose contact a little bit. You talk from time to time still, but, like, you know, you lose that that, that bond, that relationship that you thought you were going to have, and it was, like, it was really showing, like, damn. Yeah, that is how it happened, huh? Like, but it was a really good movie, and like, it kind of lets you. It kind of reminds you that as friends, and this is like even today, as friends, you can still be cool with folks, but like, 
not have to be with them. Now, like, I've, I've been learning that lesson, but it was just nice to see on screen, like, oh, wow, like, that's a nice little nostalgic moment right there. And I was, I was thinking, like, every kid has to watch this movie. Like, every kid has to watch this movie and get a real understanding. Like, some people won't. Some people probably won't understand it. They won't believe it. We get that. But, I mean, eventually, you know, you'll drift apart. It's not always to everybody, but, you know, you'll drift apart eventually. That, that happens. It is what it is. But, like, everyone should just get that concept that, like, you can drift apart and, and, and shit's still okay. Because you can get that at an earlier age. I really do think that it's beneficial as an adult. Like, some people really do have a hard time letting shit go. So, if we can, like, instill some of these realities into, like, the kids at an earlier age, it might be beneficial for them later. I'm just saying, like, this isn't a an example where, like, we're lying to them about Santa Claus because we want to keep their innocence. This is really something that can actually be beneficial in their life. So, I'm just saying, like, that, like I said, that's my little tidbit. Uh, that's the halftime show. You know, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you can comment on the IG page and let me know your thoughts. If you thought it was stupid, hey, let me know. Like, if you think it was good, hey, let me know. Just saying. All right, so quarter three. Boogie, just what the hell are you doing? Like, the man injured himself. We know that again before the season starts. And we're all feeling sad for him. You know, then he gets married. We're like, okay, cool. We're happy. Like, oh, bet. Like, you know, something positive for this man. Damn, like. Finally, maybe some good luck is finally starting to come this man's way, right? And then this dumbass sits up here and threatens to shoot his head, uh, to shoot his ex-wife in the head. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you dumbass? Like, what? Just why? Like, especially over the phone. Especially over like it. If it's a joke, you got to say something like immediately afterwards. Like, immediate, and it has to have that joking tone, and it did not. Like, you, he was asking his ex-wife, could his son come to the wedding? To his wedding, okay? And she says no. And he says, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. Like, I'll play the tape. Y'all see what I'm talking about? That's that dumb shit right there. Like, wh- why? Just why? Like, why, Boogie? Now he got to sit up there and he has... No, I'm sorry. Not sit up there. He has to go in for questioning. And he has a warrant for his arrest. Like, we go from injuring yourself again to getting married again to being in trouble with the law. Like, Bruh, if I said it, I, I I think I said it on the last, I know I said it on like a, a few, on one of these damn podcast episodes, that his career is like done. This is just continuing to further, like, confirm it for me, like, that's terrible, dude. Like, Jesus Christ, you gotta work on that. Like, why, how come when you get money, it just, you just tend to do dumb stuff, you know what I'm saying, like that. 
You don't say that type of stuff over the phone. Like, anybody can record you. Anybody can record you. If you're going to do dirt, do dirt smart. That's all I ask. Like, I can't control what people do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know their upbringings or morality. Like, I can't. I'm not judging. But if you're going to do something, you know, like, if you're going to do dirt, at least do it cleanly. That's all I ask. Like, dang, like, be smart with it. Jesus. I hope it gets us together. I really, truly do. All right, so y'all know quarter four is going to be a little analysis of the team, and I'm choosing Portland. That's right, the Portland Trailblazers. You know, they are a contender. I got to give them credit. Uh, You can't really rely solely on Dame and CJ, and I think they've rectified that situation. Um, They have a much deeper team and a little more veteran leadership. I think a little more seasoning as well with their players. So I think last year was a good jump start, but now they have a little more players. Now the starters, you know Dame Dollar, you know Damian Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, and Yusuf Nurkic. Now, that's a quality starting five. And I say quality because... They all can put up at least 12 plus points. Now, Dame and CJ can hit you with the 20 plus, 25 plus actually. And Nurkic can really go more 15 to 18. So, that's a well balanced team. They can pick up the slack a little bit if, if Dame and CJ falter. However, Dame and CJ can't falter too often. So, they need to rely on them heavily. We've seen issues with that before, but again, they haven't had a really decent quality wing who can score. And I think Rodney Hood can replace pretty much any small forward they had, like Aminu, like like, like Alfaruk Aminu. That he wasn't that good. He was an athlete, but that was it. And he wasn't even the like a top tier athlete. So I'm just saying that the starters are quality. Um, they have good chemistry, and I think actually. You'll be surprised at how well they actually play. Like not the, just the team, the actual starters themselves for this upcoming season. Now the Portland's bench is really where they did a nice little upgrade. Uh, I know a few guys might be wondering why I didn't put Hassan Whiteside in the starting unit. And like I said in the starting uh, category or the starters category, they already have that cohesion, you know. Hassan Whiteside just came out of Miami, was at one point looking like the franchise player to succeed after Dwayne Wade. Didn't really pan out like that. Um, He needs to earn the team's trust. I understand he's being paid arguably. I think like maybe he might have the largest contract on the team or the second, like no no lower than the third highest contract on the team. But he still might come off the bench and he can be more productive. He can get his confidence back up a little bit. Plus, this move will make him work harder. So being on that second unit, I think that could actually work well for him. He can't shoot the three as well as he would as as well as you would like, or really can't shoot at all. So <laughs> allowing that spacing for Dame and CJ just seemed pivotal. So that's why I have him in on the bench. But they have Gary Trent Jr. as well, a guard out of Duke, six five. Kent Bazemore, he played at ODU, six six, and he's a veteran in the league. Uh, Mario Hazonia came from overseas and he's six eight forward. Really, I like his 
I like his. I like the way he presented himself when he first came in the league. He said he was going to be the best player in the league. Obviously wrong, but he he does have some sneaky athleticism. So be on the lookout for that. And then Scala Bissier, nice six eleven power forward, lanky out of Kentucky. Um, very skilled player. I think he was like the number two player coming out of high school. So he has tremendous potential. Um, I like the kid. Like I said, to play him long white side. That can help out defensively because Whiteside can stay down low. Scal can actually step out a little bit. So I like that balanced attack that they have. And this bench can really hold its own against most benches. I don't think that's being said enough. So I really like the depth that the Trailblazers have actually been able to acquire. All right, now the future of the Blazers I think is actually pretty damn good. They've been rumored to be in trade talks with the Cavs to get Kevin Love. And they would pretty much give up Nurkic, uh, Rodney Hood, and I believe Kent Bazemore. Now, I think that's decent. I think you're taking up a little bit of the bench. But like I said, you also have players who can come off the bench. Like So now, let's say, for example, if you get a Kevin Love, I think the dynamic of the team changes. You go with CJ, Dame, um, let's see, who else? You still have uh, You still have Little, who came out of UNC this year. So, you know, you can probably, you kind of throw him in the fire a little bit to kind of bolster up the team. Um, let's see, who else, who else, who else? You have um, like Hassan starting as well with Kevin Love. That's a dangerous attack. Now you are kind of going back to the whole no small forward thing. But I will say you can acquire like an Al Farouk Aminu on that team. Might not be that bad. Because Al Farouk is just actually like someone who pretty much can't, a small forward who can't shoot but will actually defend, and that's okay with them, that role. They can just float around on offense and kind of get like the dirty work plays, you know. I think like a Tony Allen, like a taller version of Tony Allen would fit perfectly in this. Tony Allen would fit personally, perfectly in this anyways where he's just an elite defender. But that type of player could, act, could actually mesh well. So if you get a Kevin Love, then you can mix him with Hassan Whiteside or keep Zach Collins there. It doesn't really matter. Um... And then you can actually bring Little on and develop him over time. So I think that's actually not a bad play to have at all. Like I said, the Portland Trailblazers' future is looking pretty bright, ladies and gentlemen. And it's funny because it's bright, but at the same time, I could see them blowing it up in the next two years if it doesn't pan out very easily, very easily. All right, well... That's all the time I have for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for the support. I really do truly appreciate it. Uh, continue to, to subscribe to the channel. Please follow more on the Instagram post if you can. You know, show some support. Tell people about it. And just, you know, show them the page and let them see what they think, you know. But, uh, yeah, again, thank you all for the support. I really do appreciate it. All right. Take care. And I hope you all had a lovely Labor Day. All right. See you guys.